0: Welcome to Profiles in Hope, a podcast ministry of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. Each week we share God's story in our sermon podcast, but every so often we want to make room for people to share their story and how it fits into God's story. We hope this conversation encourages you and that you realize that with God, hope is more than just wishful thinking. Hey friends, before we get started, I wanted to introduce myself and introduce this podcast a bit. So my name is Joe Hack, and I'm the pastor at Hope. I'm not a podcast host, but I am excited to give this a go. A few weeks ago, we had this idea to every once in a while publish a conversation with people we know telling stories about how God is at work in their lives. So I had a chance this week to sit down with John Christ. He and his family have been a vital part of our church for some time now. And I was telling John about the idea for this conversation and he offered to share his story. And so I think you're going to be really encouraged by it. Just know that we meant this to be a 20 minute conversation, but we ended up talking for an hour instead of cutting off. Parts to fit it into a 20 minute podcast, we decided to simply publish our conversation in two parts. So if the ending feels abrupt, which it is, that's why. Now you know. But just be sure to tune in next week when we publish the second half of our conversation. Hey, this was a lot of fun for me. I learned a lot, but more importantly, it was thought provoking and encouraging. John pointed me to the Lord. He pointed me to what trust and hope looks like in the midst of suffering, and I hope it encourages you. All right, let's get to the interview. Well, I think we're all trying to make sense of COVID-19, and I'm hearing a lot of folks calling this their new normal. And a lot of people are struggling to adjust to the new normal. But over the weeks, you and I have talked and you've shared that for you and your family, this isn't really a new normal. Could you let us in on why?
1: Yeah, um, I'm glad to. Um, so the reason why is because we, my family and I have been going through um, medical uh, situations for the last year. As most of you know, my wife, Juliana was diagnosed with breast cancer last May. And from that time on, um, we've been living in pandemic-like situation where our entire world was turned upside down. Uh, we were worried to go make simple errands because of risks that um, Juliana would get infected with something. Um, we were having to adjust to a a completely different situation that, that hit us really quickly and onset really quickly. Um, and so I, I thought it might be, um, I thought it might be good for me to to talk about the last year of our lives. Um, because in in some ways when the pandemic hit of COVID-19, I felt like everybody was joining a situation that we had been in already where you know it's your entire world changes almost overnight every day is new uh every day is, is 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 some dramatic new change and you're just struggling to keep up um and so that's you know that's 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 really what i was what i was referring to as as you know we've been in this situation for a year now where juliana has been sick and she's gone through chemotherapy and then she went through surgery and and you know, this and that, this and that. I thought, I thought if, I, if I could share our story and, and kind of what God has done in our lives and uh, done in the last year, I, I, my hope is that it would, it would encourage people somehow.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, one of our desires for this podcast is to actually just hear the stories of people in our church community. We're not looking for perfection. We're not looking for people who are knocking it out of the park what we're asking is that people could share how God and his grace has been at work, even, um, in spite of, or perhaps because of, uh, hardship and difficulty yeah, and just the normal things that are happening. And so when you approached me about maybe sharing your perspective, I thought it would be a really great ministry to anybody listening, whether they're a part of hope or whether they're, not a part of a different church, or perhaps not even in the church, or have given up on church. And so, I guess I would ask you like this keeping COVID 19 and the crisis that we're in right now aside, what have yeah. you in this past year learned about, well, God? Oh man,
1: so I mean, so much. I mean, what? So, let me before most people I think that are going to listen to this know, know me and my family, but for those of you who don't, um, uh, we've got three kids. Um, we've got a a seven year old, a five year old and a two year old. And so when my wife was diagnosed, you know, everybody was a year younger. And so just really young kids, my wife had just gone through some personal tragedies where she had lost her father really unexpectedly. Um, and even backing up further than that, you know, I was raised in a, a Christian household. Um, I had some time in my life where I I stepped away from the faith, um, but but for the last however many years, um, we were living in a period of of relative of relative normalcy, where we thought we were doing pretty good, and I think we were. I think we you know we were we were trying to be faithful. We were we were expanding. God was expanding us into areas where we had not been faithful, and 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 gently showing us um, how to, how to expand those areas. Um, We, you know, there's, there's a quote from, there's a famous quote from Mike Tyson where he says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And I think about that a lot with us, we got punched in the mouth in May and Juliana discovered a, a lump in her, in her breast. And, and at first, you know, she almost actually didn't even, she, she, she didn't want to get it checked out because she was nursing at the time. And that was not really that abnormal. Um, she went in the first medical professional she saw actually told her it was probably nothing, but we should get it checked out. And, um, and then, then the next time she went in, they said, we need to get a biopsy on this right away. Um, and then the results came back positive. You know, we had a plan, um, And we got punched in the mouth pretty good. Yeah. And um, I remember the night she was diagnosed, I remember um, she called me because she was out to lunch with her mom, or she's at the dinner with her mom and her sister. And she called me and I just like fell over, like crying. Like we, I think we had a a pretty good sense that this was coming because of the concern on the doctor's faces. But um, like, I still had like no, I had no framework for how to deal with it. And what's interesting is actually I, I was like, like a mess until Juliana came home and stepped in the door, and then I was like stone face. was like, no yeah. problem. Like we can deal with this. Um, you know, and the last year has been in some ways one of the worst of our lives, but in some ways, it's been beautiful. Um, it, it, it's difficult I think for me to articulate some of this so but I'll I'll try to do my best but
0: no that makes sense it makes sense to 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 share those extremes and to have them married at the same time and so I, I do want to hear I do want to hear you kind of articulate that because so much of the scriptures are full of this deep abiding hope and then also this deep intense pain and they seem to exist quite comfortably on the pages of scripture in the lives of people in the scripture and so i am interested to hear yeah what your experience with those extremes were yeah
1: well you know we live in um we obviously live in, in ohio we live in north america um we've got you know we're doing we're doing okay in a lot of ways and so i think it's really easy for us even even knowing reformed theology, even knowing um, what we've been taught, it's really easy for us to look around and say, well, we're we're doing good because God's blessing us. You know, we're thankful because God is making us happy, and that God is making us comfortable. And so when when that rug gets pulled out and you think, well, I'm not comfortable anymore, I'm not happy anymore, I'm not feeling good anymore, I'm not feeling um, anything. Where is God? And it's easy, it's easy, I think, to conflate those those two things. The idea that If you're not feeling good that that must be because god is not blessing you right um and i think that we realized how much that had infiltrated our theology at least at least i did i mean let me give you i'll I'll give you two stories i've shared these with you before um a couple years ago when juliana um uh juliana's engagement ring was stolen from our house by a by a by a worker that was at our house actually it was the weekend that, that our son joey was born and you know we we were really bummed about that. We're still I'm still bummed about. It. I'm still, you know, I think back about it. Think back upon it. It still makes me mad.
0: Such a violation.
1: Yeah, it's awful. Um, and I still will stop in like pawn stores every once in a while and like just look in the ring case. Um,
0: <laughs> totally.
1: But when Juliana had her um, her surgery, um, she she reflected back on that and she said that having her ring stolen. Um, prepared her for losing part of her body, you know, all these years later that, that actually having somebody actually having the experience of losing something precious to her, prepared her for losing something precious to her all these years later and made it easier. And I, I don't know, I would not have, even now I would, I wish we had not lost that ring. Um, And I wish that she had not lost, you know, I wish we had not gone through the cancer Process, But that sort of God's faithfulness to us in both of those examples is almost too much for me to articulate. It's almost, it's one of those things where it's, it's too great for me to consider God's faithfulness to us in those moments, even though both moments were extreme loss. Um, the other one, the, the other story is that, you know, months before Juliana was diagnosed, she and I were just not connect, not communicating well, not connecting well in our marriage. We just had like extreme tension, extreme, Mm -hmm. extreme tension. And, and that actually ended up leading to us getting counseling. Um, And the counseling, because we were in counseling, then the counseling was there when we, when she was diagnosed with cancer. And, Mm -hmm. And that's like almost like a structural thing that we needed that we would not have done for months and months and months after. But because, because we had had that sort of period of marital unrest, that we, we were able to be supported more when she was diagnosed. And I look back, right. on, I look back on her, I look back on like our, our marital angst <laughs> during that time. I look back at that as like an evidence of God's faithfulness to us. Because wow. God was so gentle. I mean, think about that for a second. We were, you know, we're wandering around in the dark looking for why, why are we not able to communicate? Why are we not able to, to touch base? Why are we not, why are we not having a great time in our, in our marriage right now? And it was because I think in part, because God was preparing us for something he was putting us in a place where we would, that we needed, you know, months later for something that was coming down the road, Mm-mm. you know, um, if you and I know that you have some personal knowledge of cancer in your family, but when somebody's going through chemotherapy it's an extremely intense period and and when somebody is diagnosed with cancer, you go from being totally normal, you get a phone call saying you have cancer, and then the next day or you know the, the student state you can get in, you have wall to wall to wall of of appointments with different doctors.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're talking about survival rates. They're talking about recurrence rates. They're talking about clinical trials. They're talking about all of these things. And I actually, I found my old notebook. I've been trying, and I, 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 read, I read it recently. And it's like all of these, I'm trying to write down the drug names. I'm trying to write down the, the type of therapy that she was going to receive. And I'm like sounding it out, you know, now it's all yeah. these words that are so familiar Right. Let me. But I'm like, what is neat- what is adjuvant you know <laughs> right <laughs> like like hooked on phonics, you know um yeah and um and but things changed so, so, so fast, and it was so disorienting, and we had um I, I very much felt like before we went in that we were still a work in progress, partly because we just started some of this this therapy and i I remember thinking like we're not we're not even where we should be like what about the stuff that we were working on before that was good stuff and now all that's paused and now we just wait and like do this whole other interruption of our lives Mm -hmm. and um there's a there's a grieving that you have to do that i had to do for what i thought my life was going to be like um and it's difficult for somebody it's difficult for me to like process those emotions at all. It's, it's just did, something new. you never did that before.
0: Did you find John that being deluged with facts in appointments and treatments and statistics, did you find that those, that deluge of facts inhibited your ability to really grieve because they were so, Demanding initially.
1: Um, No, because when you, when, when, when Juliana was diagnosed, um, the diagnosis is not what was going to hurt her. In other words, like she got the phone call, but nothing in her life had really changed yet. She still had all of her hair. She was feeling fine. Yeah, sure. And it wasn't really until the treatment started that you know, everything got really bad really quickly, you know, and I mean, there's, there's sort of an emotional processing of, okay, okay, now we, now we're in a world of cancer. Now we are, you know, we have to arrange for alternate childcare, alternate work arrangements, all of these things, but sort of the emotional toll of it. And the real work of it is when you start the treatment, the treatment is what hurts you and it hurts you so that it can kill the cancer, but it still takes a huge effect. So at first, you're just trying to keep up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I also kind of wonder, since you're, the, since you're a caretaker, perhaps primary caretaker, and your story is significantly different than her story, uh, what have you learned about sort of family patterns, uh, personal patterns, even liturgies in your life that have been helpful to you in that process of making sense and, of what was going on, and, and what continues to go on, yeah, liturgies is something I think about
1: a lot. Liturgies in the sense of like what are what are our daily practices, and what do they reflect about what we believe about God? You know, if I wake up and I pray, God, this is your day every day then that shows a reflection of what I'm, what I believe about God and what I believe about his, his plans and his power. And I, what I think I realize is I don't, I don't pray hardly at all. Um, right. And I didn't, I didn't pray hardly at all. and I didn't have daily, daily liturgical practices. Um, and the things that I did practice in this moment, I think were um, anxiety ridden things. So okay. I, I realized how much, um, how much I do things just to soothe myself. Um, mm. I remember one time Julianne and I were, we talking about the treatment option and like in the middle of the conversation, I just picked up my guitar and started playing. And she's like, you know, you always just do that. You always just like, yeah. I'm like, what? Did, did what, did what? I don't, I don't even realize what I did. Right. Um, one of the things I think that I realized is, you know, the nature of my work changed a lot. when I, 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 a caretaker yeah, right. has to be home, and so I was working from home a ton. And right. when, you're, when your work changes, I think your Sabbath has to change too. Because when, my, when I'm at work a lot, I am, when I, when my Sabbath is, is spending time with the kids and being home. But when I'm at home, I had to adjust because for me to rest, I was just doing this. From, you know For from, from my Sabbath day, I was just doing the same things that I was doing throughout the week now. So right. I had to be much more intentional about how how are we as a family going to rest? What are we going to do? Are we going to right. go outside? Are we going to make an effort to, to meet up with friends? Are we going to go out to a restaurant? Are we going to do this or that? Um, and when you, you know, a lot of us, I think recently with the COVID stuff have had probably had to adjust to working at home too. So I think, I think the, I think the, I think your Sabbath has to change. I think yeah. that, um,
0: yeah, sorry. No, please go on.
1: I think that I think that for me you know when, when I started staying at home this is going to sound so this might sound really silly but Brilliant. when you're first at home and you're you're at home all the time at least for me I was like it's time to eat it's time to snack
0: uh, <laughs> it's yeah, time to right? drink
1: it's time to like it's like vacation though you feel like it's like time for
0: vacation there's deeply and- embedded neurological patterns <laughs> that have been embedded in your in your neurochemistry since the day you were born coming home means feasting
1: yeah and it took me it took me a while to realize that part of the the reason why i was feeling bad is because physically i was not taking care of myself and i think that there is there is a i it's easy for me to go god why do why do you feel so far and sometimes and I'm not minimizing that because I think sometimes God does feel far, but sometimes it's like you've, you stayed up all night eating Cheez-Its last
0: night. Right. Yeah. And that's (laughs) a profoundly spiritual thing. We're coming to find out.
1: (laughs) It it does. It does. It does tie together. You know, if I haven't been outside um, and I haven't, I haven't, one of the things my therapist said, which I thought was great was, try and make sure that you give yourself little breaks throughout the day so that if you have, you know, so if you're not able to do a 45 minute, you know, run or workout or whatever, that you can still get outside maybe every 10 minutes for five minutes, maybe every hour for five minutes or 10 minutes. Right. Um, I thought that was really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. I think that I think real quick. And then I want to hear that. I think that that's so important to just, connect our spiritual lives with our physical bodies and and to have that connected is just so important especially as we think about the way God made us and as we think about creation but also as we think about resurrection it's apparent that God views our bodies as part of his design he loves our bodies and I think of C.S. Lewis who said don't be more spiritual than God and so mm, that's funny. There's yeah. a there's a there's a wisdom in just embracing the fact that God made our bodies, he wants to redeem our bodies, he will redeem our bodies, in Christ and Jesus himself has a body and always will have a body and so that that to me is a, a a really helpful reminder. And yeah, especially as people grieve right now with the COVID fallout and we don't really quite know what that fallout is, although we just saw that what 6.6 million People filed for unemployment. Yeah, unbelievable. Past, in the past two weeks. And so as people start grieving a loss of their reality, their world is crashing down. I do think it's important to have these biblical considerations in mind about, about, um, about grief and lament and, and how that impacts even our bodies as much as, as much as our hearts. So with that, I want to ask you, like, um, what, role has lament and grief played in your uh, life and, 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 you know, I don't want you to speak for Juliana, but, but for yourself, like what has that played in your life and uh, maybe with your, your children and your family?
1: Yeah, I think um, lamenting is, is, is a big part of our relationship with God now. You know, and if I I look back on the scriptures and I'm reading through the Old Testament, just got into the Judges, which is wild. It's just so first couple of chapters of Judges are just okay. But um, um the thing that 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 God gets angry at and the thing that displeases God is people who hide from God hmm. and um uh people who um who make up who worship other things but what god does over and over again when people go to him and lament as he listens and um you know there's a there's a verse in, in romans that i think about a lot where it's talking about the spirit interceding for us he says we, we do not even know what to pray for as we ought and there. It doesn't, in a sense, it's almost like it doesn't matter what you pray for because you're not praying for what you ought to pray for. But the spirit intercedes, he like catches it. He intercedes for you with groanings right. too deep for words. Right. And and again, it's like this, like, it's this amazing picture of God's faithfulness. So, yeah, we, we, we lament a lot. I mean, we, 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 we had to practice lament going through um, um, the entire thing of, of God, why, where are you? We don't know what you're doing. We don't know where you are. We don't know what's going on. We don't know why she has cancer. We don't know, you know, it's, it's a lot of it again, was a total shock to us because she was, she is so young. She has no, you know, preexisting uh, conditions that would lead us to, you know, n- none of that. She's just totally out of the blue. So yeah. God, where are you in this? Where are you Lord?
0: And and, what, and did you feel with some of your, you said earlier, you were trained up in the church and you could articulate even reformed theology. and Yeah. And did you feel at first a liberty to lament or did it feel almost like uncomfortable clothes to put on or did your situation just force you there and it, it was all you could do? Could you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I don't think my, I don't think my theology prepared me for lament very well. I think, I think that I still, I think one of the things that that God has graciously stripped away in my theology is this belief, even this undercurrent that I am comfortable because God loves me. <clears throat> and yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't believe that at all, um, but there's a part of it that, that holds that you hold tight to you, where, where your plans get interrupted and you go, God, why? And the reality sure. is God doesn't care that much. God does what he's going to do regardless of your plans. And, um, but I do think I, I've, I, I think some of these things you just can't prepare for, you know, I think, I think in reality is, is, is there's a, there's a redemption in the suffering. There is like, you know, it's like, God shows up in a small whisper, not in the earthquake. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing about a small whisper is that you could speak over it. You know, you could ignore it. You could walk right by it. But there are moments where you're like still and you have to, you have to sit there. And and in those moments, the small whisper is like the, the thing that you hear, you know, God, when juliana when we were in the midst of it i would always say a couple things to juliana one of them is i would say we are not spinning
0: and -hmm. what i
1: meant by that is like we are not out of control yeah and i don't i don't know i didn't know i don't know what's going to happen um but we are not out of his control we are not out of his hand you know Mm -hmm. and 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 there are moments where finances looked rough there are moments where I was wondering about my job there are moments where i was wondering about her health but all those moments like one of the greatest comforts was that we we are not spinning um yeah you know god one thing that i've realized i think is god is a person and he has attributes and one of those attributes is that he is kind like he is really really kind And when he comes to you, and I'm not, you know, I I wish I could say I had an experience where, you know, I woke up and saw, you know, there was nothing like that. But I did experience the kindness of God, experience the intimacy of God where we were hurting and we were lamenting and we were crying out and God was kind to us.
0: Thanks for listening. For more resources like this, please visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.org.